What happens when two Florida men get together to battle evil in a boat? It's Syndication September, and we're talking about Thunder in Paradise. Hello, brother. It's me, and I'm here with my main man, Miles Tropical Storm Griffin. Hello, brother. And it's your main pal, Andrew Drew Burris. His backup, his sidekick, and we're here to solve Tampa crimes. (laughs) I actually should should have told you to be Hurricane Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, we are doing uh, this show, Thunder in Paradise, this week, and wowie zowie. I uh, I cannot wait to get into this. I know we got some did, history to go through first, but I cannot we, we, wait to talk about dude. hashtag Tampa crimes because... So, so Drew, uh, you, you had mentioned that last week that you had not seen this show, but you had heard of it, correct? I had heard of it because, uh, again, I was a, a TV junkie back in the early 1990s, and this show despite only having one season was in fairly regular rotation as they would, you know, cycle shows in and out. It was. And I, I have a distinct memory of, of being one of the people this movie was marketed to because I remember seeing the VHS tape for the first thunder in paradise, quote unquote film in a blockbuster. And I mean, I'm a kid, so I recognize Hulk Hogan because he had been doing family movies at that time. So like Mr. Mr. Nanny, and um, what was the other one? Oh, uh, the, the Suburban Commando. Yes, that's the one. With Christopher Lloyd. I was frozen today. I I I saw that movie quite frequently. So so this did like <laughs> keep my interest. I I know that I had seen it, but when I was when I was watching these episodes, I I may have seen it as a kid, but I have zero memory of anything that befell my screen this week. All I knew was that Hulk Hogan, it was about Hulk Hogan and a boat. I did not know that this boat had rocket launchers. I did not know that this boat had some sort of atomic power, a stealth mode. I'm going to, spoiler warning for the rest of this episode, I guess. But uh, I was a little, I mean, I understand that this, that we only covered the first two episodes. But I feel like we didn't get enough cool boat action. In this one, like like I have seen clips on on YouTube of the boat like doing some sort of transformation sequence, and so I feel like we didn't get the the sci-fi boat stuff soon enough, and that that's kind of a, a an inherent problem when the whole selling point is Hulk Hogan plus super sci-fi boat. Well, so let's we 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 get a little bit of the boat inside that is super sci-fi, but I will say it does also seem like well, this I is got, something I got problems with the inside of that effing boat. Yes, so this is something <laughs> where we we do have to to say Miles has been referring to this as a movie because it, this is clearly a pilot movie that they were trying to sell a TV show. I yes. watched the episode cuts of this, including because you can't find this show very very much anywhere. No. You can only find, I think, the trilogy. There, there is a trilogy set, which they call the complete collection, but it is is 
Thunder in Paradise 1, 2, and 3, and we'll get to that in a little bit, which only comprises of, of six episodes of the 2022 that were filmed. Yeah, all the double episodes, basically. So I, the YouTube video I watched had, like, snippets of 1994 commercials, and I just... Oh, I love that. As well, I love as, that. As well as a beautiful VHS audio hum that they could not get rid of, that that hiss oh, oh. see I, I i yeah i watched the movie cut because i thought it'd be less less of a hassle um plus you didn't have i, I didn't have to watch the the opening theme more than once uh Ooh, but you want to talk I about do, that opening theme brother oh that opening theme it's honestly it's pretty fun uh so i, I gotta say going in oh so you knew you knew nothing about this show in terms of just the fact that it existed and our preconceived notions last week were like, this is this has got to be a a ride. So before before getting too much further, because l- last week, let, let's pull, let's play, you know, since we're doing this whole pilot season, let's pretend that you are in charge of a network. Last last week, we knew Forever Night. Uh, it debuted at 11 o'clock on on e- uh, certain evenings. I think Tuesday evenings. I can't remember. Where would you put this show in your time slot? I would put this show in my time slot, four o'clock, p.m. Dude, I was thinking the exact. It's an afternoon show. It is a hundred percent an afternoon show. This is an afternoon show where a a young man gets off the bus, goes inside, and watches it before his parents get home. A la a few other shows that we are going to talk about that were also in that four o'clock time zone. <laughs> Or four o'clock. Uh, well, and, and what's wild about about some of these shows, and this is why I I'm so excited to do this, is because a lot of I think Drew, you mentioned this before we started this in in when we were introducing the concept last month. But so many of these shows, if it weren't for syndication or first run syndication, a lot of these shows wouldn't exist exist because what what they would do is instead of putting it on a major network even though it's like maybe cbs for example owned part of this the show they would shop it off to affiliates so it might not be on on well, what is cbs channel seven up here uh, but it might not be there but it could be on a cbs fil- affiliate like you know your local ktla 52 and often would be afternoons or something, but without without these kind of, of of programming, a lot of that stuff, and even to Hercules and Xena, wouldn't exist. Baywatch wouldn't exist. Yes, and, and this is something that we have to. Do. We talk about this a lot, or we've talked about this a lot. First run syndication doesn't exist in the same way that it did. Uh, right. Like this, one of the biggest shows of all time in the Star Trek, Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, those were first-run syndicated TV shows. They were not mm-hmm. a network show until Voyager, when UPN came around. And I think I watched it on a local Fox affiliate every every week, yeah. and then weeknights at 11. It, but it gets more complicated, and this is something that we are now seeing in the streaming wars that are going on. Like, The Big Bang Theory is on... HBO Max because Warner Brothers shot that show and sold it to CBS. <laughs> they technically I mean, own that show. What's Warner- crazy is the whole the whole reason Angel was canceled back in 2004 or 5 when it was, whenever it was canceled 
it was because Fox owned it and Fox wanted more money for it. So CBS Warner Brothers was like, nah, we'll just make our own show. And they did Supernatural Rain for 15 years. So it's, it, it's, I mean, all, it's all stuff that we we are now coming. It's not the only like Friends, for example, is a, is aired on NBC is a, uh, a Warner Brothers show. So, you know, yeah, it, it's wild. But we are getting off the mark here because we need to get back, brother. You're going to hear a lot of that word uh, this episode, despite the fact that Hulk Hogan doesn't say it. Yeah, that's what throws me off about this show is um, Chris Lemon is the one who constantly says brother. And I wonder if it was Hulk Hogan's idea to like flip the script, because from interviews that I I read with Hogan, because I, I did some some research for this <laughs> this show, because there's not a lot out there. I was very surprised it doesn't have its own wiki. The Wikipedia page is fairly slim. But I, but from from the conversations that he had with with uh, news outlets at the time, is he he was looking to kind of flip around his wrestling image, and I can see that a little bit in 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 like the brother stuff. But at the same time, this also buys into his wrestling image so much in in scenes from the show, which we'll get into in a little bit. Well, um, let's get yeah, let, let, let's, let's get down. Yeah, let's, to it. yeah, let's hop into it. Um, so this show was created by uh, Michael Burke, Douglas Schwartz, and uh, Greg Bonin. They were the creators of Baywatch. And while Baywatch hadn't quite become the pop culture milestone yet, because I think it said like a Guinness Book of World Records of like it's the most watched TV show of all time. In its second and third seasons, it was starting to find its stride in, in syndication. And they wanted to create a, a similar show, but... They wanted to, to in their minds, be geared more towards men because apparently the demographic for Baywatch tended to be women. I don't know why that – I always knew dudes that watched Baywatch, so I don't know why that was in their heads, but it was. It is a little more soap opera-y, I guess, than – It is, but I know so many guys who watched it just for the women that were in the show. That was that's the the joke. That's the the thing that everybody knows about Baywatch is the slow motion women running down right. the beach. And and that's that's why like when researching it, this this is what they said they they wanted a show that was geared more towards men. And I was like, I kind of thought that Baywatch kind of geared towards everybody. But again, I haven't probably watched an episode of Baywatch in twenty five years, and I didn't even watch it that much when it was out. But. Regardless, uh, Hulk Hogan had just left the WWF and wrestling altogether for a time. Obviously, I'm sorry, we know now. What's the W? The, you left the World Wildlife Federation. Yes. So, uh, WWF was the World Wrestling Federation, who was then sued in the '90s by the World Wildlife Federation, and that's why you have the WWE. Uh, but he left wrestling for a time to pursue acting, and in the producers' minds, and I, I get it. Utilizing a well-known wrestler and featuring, you know, a more action-oriented sci-fi vehicle, kind of like Knight Rider. It's it was a it was. I, I get the math. It, it spelled out success, and they were confident they were going to have a hit as Baywatch was becoming on their hands. And I, I mean, I based on that kind of math, I get what they were trying to achieve. Sure. Had Viper aired yet? I feel like that's a whole. That's a whole other so, thing that I don't want to get into right I, now. Uh, I, I still want to look it up anyway, because I think Viper might have been 93 as well. 
Um, 94. So it was it was a year later. <laughs> Whoa, did this inspire Viper? I don't know. So the Hulkster had one stipulation for doing the show, though. Part of the reason he was moving away from wrestling is because it was taking too much time and he wanted to spend more time with his family at home. So as a result of that, he would only agree to do the show if they shot it in Florida. Which this show is legit Tampa. The with the opening scene is a plane landing in Tampa. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I mean, this and I, 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 I almost want this show to win because of what happens later for where it's filmed. Because that's going to be a treasure trove of pointing out things that you know, um, which we're going to get to in a second. But yeah, though no, this is, I was watching this with Krista. Krista is from Florida, and so she's just like, oh yeah. That's outside of Tampa. Yeah, I know that bay. Like she's just like pointing at things and and even what's supposed to be Cuba and she's like, "No. I know exactly where that is." <laughs> Hashtag Tampa Crimes. A Tampa Crimes sounds like a fun show. Uh, but but yes, yes, please continue. So the show they they came up with revolved around two ex-Navy SEALs who work as mercenaries out of their tropical resort headquarters. And uh that that's that is something that I still can't quite wrap my head around. The Navy because we <laughs> the Navy doesn't want to build their special boat, so they quit the Navy to build the boat. Well, so that part you know I I, I can I can get behind. The Navy doesn't want to spill your special toy. We're going to do our own thing. And again, from the two episodes that we saw, the mercenary aspect, which is on all of the marketing, isn't quite defined in in the pilot. What also isn't defined is how they kind of live at a resort. They they live outside of this resort, their tropical resort headquarters, which is next to this hotel and an outdoor bar called the Scuttlebutt, which is somehow s- separate from, but also part of the resort. Yeah, I, I didn't get that either, but I, I also love the name of the bar as a Scuttlebutt. Like, that just made me happy. I don't know why it's stupid. Yeah, so... This is also where, so we've got ex-Navy SEALs, we've got sci-fi boat, we've got tropical resort headquarters in Tampa, but then there's a family aspect to the show as well. So Hogan originally wanted George Foreman to play his partner. Uh, Which I could totally see. I could see Foreman playing the role of Brew. Uh, However... They wanted to do like a Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Lethal Weapon kind of thing, which, you know, that's fine. But instead, Hogan was partnered with Chris Lemon, who is the son of Hollywood legend Jack Lemon. I'm a massive uh, Jack Lemon fan. So, like, especially when you see him, you're like, oh, yeah, you look just like his, his, his dad. I was pretty happy to see see him. And I, I, I danced around the family aspect of it. We're going to get into that when we explain the episode, because yes. this is where things get odd. But Chris Lemon, for the record, has gone, has publicly stated that he believes doing Thunder in Paradise ruined his career. Yeah, he said casting it didn't stop taking his calls. And I'm like, this show isn't really his fault. And honestly, yes, the scripts are are ridiculous, but he's not bad in it. I mean, he's he's performing the role that he is is required to do yeah which isn't anything special but i yeah it it did kind of bum me out because i mean yeah he hasn't he's done stuff but he hasn't done much uh but let's move on to this uh 
<laughs> this pilot. The pilot itself cost three million dollars. It was split between CBS and an Italian distri- uh, distributor distributor uh, called uh, Rete Italia. CBS they wanted to wait until the pilot was finished before committing to additional episodes, which sounds completely rational. That is what I would expect a company would do. That's the general practice. It makes perfect sense. But Rene Italia, they wanted to go ahead and commission 13 episodes. Brother? Which they did. Brother. So while the pilot was coming together, the producers started selling in uh, selling European distribution for the series, fully expecting CBS to distribute the show in America. They didn't. <laughs> no one no one knows exactly what happened, but the prevailing rumor is that the CBS execs had seen a cut of the pilot and thought the show was so bad that they were thinking about dropping the, the show altogether. In reality, CBS ordered six episodes and wanted to wait to see how the show would turn out. The producers decided to go into first-run syndication and let it pick up steam, a tactic which Baywatch used and it became a smash hit. And, and it seemed like it might work for Thunder and Paradise as well. It's basically Baywatch with guns is, is kind of how, how I'm thinking yeah. of the show. With an international wrestling star who is, is even though his movies didn't produce outside of No, no Holds Bar, most of his movies didn't really produce box office receipts. He's a known name. And they and he also did a lot of direct to video stuff and and a lot of uh, a lot of home video releases, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seemed like this was going to work. And before the pilot aired, the producers of the show had sold to enough affiliates that the pilot was going to be viewable in 88% of US homes. And it's pretty impressive. And in 45 different countries. <laughs> yeah. So, Hermano. After, after after the pilot was shot in uh, Pinellas County, which is is the Tampa area, uh, the rest of the show was actually. I'm sorry. Oh, Tampa, Tampa Crimes. Yes, uh, the rest of the show was filmed at the studios and surrounding area of Walt Disney World. Uh, basically, after they had filmed the pilot, and and Pinellas County was super excited to have them because they were generating some local tourism they thought okay having a show set in tampa which a lot of shows were at the time was going to do good things for them but for whatever reason they wanted to kind of look around they felt like that tampa wasn't going to have enough locations to to make a visual difference on the show disney basically offered them a sweet deal with conditions that they use a certain amount of staff uh, that that's from orlando and supported Orlando businesses, which I mean, honestly, that sounds perfectly reasonable to me. So, Thunder and Paradise went filming the remaining episodes, like for the twenty million dollar budget. Which, I mean, yes, this doesn't look like like an, a, a special effects extravaganza, but I still can't believe that they gave them twenty million dollars. That they, that means each episode was just about a million dollars. That's in nineteen ninety three. That's a lot of freaking money that's wild brother so for the most part the show only filmed outside of disney property for about two days a week with nearly everything else filmed in walt disney world and the surrounding studios and parks because this is this is at a time when even with the universal studios as well they had actual lots that they filmed on so that that people that were visiting the parks could actually look and see something being made i i myself the one time i was down at Universal Studios Hollywood or Florida, 
um, I got to see a, a part of a taping of an episode of Chris Explains It All because yeah. Nickelodeon had their, their studio lot there. We, talk, we talked a bit about Nickelodeon Studios in, in Florida when they, they moved a bunch of shows, which is why some got canceled and some got didn't get picked up and some cast changes happened. Right. Back in our, our Nick Vember episodes, which yeah. you should check out. Some of our finest. Uh, it, it's, yes. it's weird to think that Walt Disney has studios there and it's not just parks, but... Yeah, and I mean, I, I I was watching some clips and stuff, and I mean, they use parts of Epcot, Epcot for like, oh, this is a, a Sequest type place, and this is, I mean, it's 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 wild, and I, it's <laughs> one of the reasons I do hope this show gets picked, even though I'd much rather watch Forever Night. Um, I th- I think that that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> However, the marketing comes along, and in an odd move, Thunder in Paradise was not initially released in in syndication. It was released as a direct-to-video movie comprising the first two episodes on September 27th, 1993. And the rest of the show, including that, was not actually aired until March of 1994. Almost, like, six months later. Uh, it's, 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 it's an it's, insane it's tactic. So strange. Reviews were (laughs) not kind. Most simply just not understanding what the show was going for because it is really all over the place. And you're going to find that almost immediately as we are introduced to so many characters, so many villains. So many ideas. ideas. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, producers packaged two more sets of episodes as direct-to-video sequels in order to generate enough interest in the second season, but no one was interested, and Thunder in Paradise was sunk when its final episode aired November 27th, 1994. And what's wild to me is that Hulk Hogan has said that prior to its cancellation, he wanted to kind of reboot the show. And call it Thunder Force, starring himself, the the wrestler Sting, who does apparently appear in episodes of the first season, Mr. T, and a female martial artist in the main cast, which I would imagine I would imagine it would be like a Cynthia Rothrock kind Cynthia of. Cynthia Rothrock uh, uh, would be would be good. I mean that that, that is pr- almost almost a hundred percent probably who they would have gotten because she, that that was she was kind of the main girl to do that at the time. Yeah, but. Even changing it to Thunder Force. I, th- I think Thunder of Paradise is a good title. Thund- like it- It's so... <sighs> okay, let's get into this. So Yeah, yeah. So this, this show's reputation amongst more uh, modern reviewers is it falls in the so bad it's good oeuvre. And, I, and honestly, as much trash as I'm, I'm giving the show, I, I fully agree. This is a so bad it's good show because... It's it's such a mess, but it is it is such a joyful mess to watch. It's so okay, so this this show opens up with Hulk Hogan as RJ Hurricane Spencer, who is simultaneously referred to as RJ Hurricane or Spence. That's, yeah. It took me a while to figure out that these were all the same people. Uh, uh, I had the exact same problem. Uh, and he is with, with this random little girl and a hammerhead shark that he has killed telling this story. That, that's, 
this is after the opening sequence of them invading Cuba. So, okay, so this is the thing. The opening sequence oh. of them invading Cuba is not in the TV cut. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so th- this is the conversation that Drew had and I, uh, Drew and I had before. Or I, I said, yeah, the, I, I watched I watched the Thunder in Paradise quote unquote movie, which was an hour and forty four minutes, which meant that stuff had gotten taken out. So let me let me paint the picture for you, buddy. This movie opens up with them going into Cuba to rescue the family of a political dissident who had been speaking out against Castro. He's in America, and apparently Castro has ordered the army to kidnap his family to bring him back so they can execute him. So I want to pause you right here because in the next time on Thunder in Paradise, brother, uh, they, they talk about Cuba. So I have a feeling that these this, that movie is not the first two episodes combined, that it's got portions of the third mixed in there as well. It might because it's a weird sequence because that whole thing ends and then it cuts to like celebration times at at the scuttlebutt. And Hulk Hogan, yeah, is is playing puppet shark with this this dead hammerhead shark, which <sighs> is a whole other like. I don't know. I felt like that shark looked real. <laughs> that shark did that. Sh- if that was a fake shark, they did a good job on the fake shark. Um, yeah, especially when they got the real bait. <laughs> especially when they start pulling stuff out of the inside of it and just rinsing with it uh, with it with the hose before wrapping it around a little girl's neck. Yes. Uh, yeah, so this this is the weird family aspect. They both RJ and Brew I guess take care of this little girl Jessica. Now in in all of the media that we read, Hulk Hogan is supposed to be a widower and that he and Brew take care of this little girl. In this movie, and this is why I was shocked, the little girl has a mom. That who, who owns the it, hotel that they owns the hotel and th- there's a whole and and they weirdly get meta and name check the parent trap um, and and even the little girl's like except there's only one of me I'm not Haley Mills or some some weird line like that it was a, I feel like Haley Mills in the parent trap except there's yeah. only one of me but that should be more than enough right <laughs> yeah. So some of the stuff, yeah, she, some of the stuff in this in this episode was kind of funny and kind of cute, but it's just no. So I thought I thought the little girl did a great job. She she was the exact right amount of cute. They wrote her to be not obnoxious, and she was pretty sympathetic. I didn't have a problem with her one bit, except they recast her after this. So yes, so so the, the, so this is where things get odd, and the, clearly they filmed this, and then they must have made some changes because. After episode three, some of the cast changes, but uh, so we've got we've got uh, Hurricane. I keep wanting to call him Thunder. Thunder's the boat. Hurricane's the guy. Uh, we we so we're also introduced to this hotel that everybody is around, and it's this fun thing. And there's like forty five minutes of of Baywatch style, just ladies in bikinis and all sorts of stuff. It is it is an onslaught. It is nothing, and I. <laughs> I commented to Krista, I was like, I think in all these shots of the pool and area, outside of like three, there were no dudes at this place. Nope. At all. At all. So so we are introduced to uh, to 
Megan, who is the the owner, uh, the British owner of the hotel, who the hotel has been in their family for generations, despite the fact that she has an English accent. And, well, not just that. The, the, there's this whole weird side stipulation that apparently she has to have been married. Yeah. So her uncle comes in as the uh, as the uh, the villain of the piece, if you will. Uh, and the he's, uncle Edward is, is, at best. is he's played by uh, Patrick McNee, who was uh, uh, Agent Steed from the Avengers. Like the British TV show, the British TV show. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so he's there to take control of the hotel because uh, uh, Megan is not married and she's got 36 hours to get married. And who does she decide to pick? Well, who's in debt to these banks for $100,000 for this sci-fi boat that they've built? Which oh. I was also like, <laughs> oh, I was RJ. like, that, I was surprised that that boat only cost $100,000, even in 1993. Well, that was all they were in debt for. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. There is a chance that this little Cuban op scored them enough cash to get a little bit. Right. And so I got to see that. And so I was like, okay, that must be the mercenary aspect. But you also don't see them getting paid. So I was I was very confused as again, because the the literature on this show is that they're mercenaries. The literature on the show also says that Hulk Hogan is a widower. Now, because we're not really paying attention too much to the plot at hand, I, I, we can jump around. The whole the whole thing is that yes, he agrees to marry Megan. So I'm guessing between these two episodes we watched and it coming to series, Megan must get killed off screen. Because well, the actress who plays Megan is credited for episodes one through three, and none beyond that. So uh, that is the only thing I can think of because. A lot of the reviews said they this show did, could could not decide what it wanted to be. Like part of it was yeah this lethal weapon style show, and then you also had the Knight Rider aspect. But then you have this you know a show that's supposed to be for macho guys, but then you have this weird family aspect and, and an odd real. romantic comedy plot. It is a weird family aspect because these two people are in a loveless marriage of convenience. And the daughter, who the daughter starts referring to him as dad. Dad, real quick. Right after the wedding. Hulk Hogan is still in his uh, in his wedding. What do you call that outfit? It's like a Hulk. Like, imagine what Hulk Hogan it's wears. It's a party tux. It's a party tux. It's a party tux with a, with a bright blue it's a bandana. Tux, yeah. It is. It's a super tux. But what, this isn't the weirdest thing. The child in Hulk Hogan seemed to have some sort of friendship slash relationship prior to the events of all of this. She's hanging out with this random ex-Navy SEAL mercenary who I guess just hangs out around this resort because Megan knows who she who he is. Yes. And, and how did the child start hanging out with this dude? That's what I want to know. Well, that's where we come into the the bartender at the scuttlebutt. The New York lady, who's super New York. Yeah, with the, the worst fake accent that sometimes doesn't exist and sometimes sounds like Harley Quinn. 
However, she is actually from uh, Flushing. Like, she's from uh, the same place that Fran Drescher is from. Yeah. Um, and that's wild because her accent just sounds so plastic. Yeah, Carol Alt, who plays uh, who plays Kelly Larue, and uh, the bartender at the Scuttlebutt, and uh, yeah, she is from Flushing, Queens, New York. Which is all right. Yeah. Uh, so, and and she is also apparently extremely close with with Megan, the owner of the hotel and is her, her maid of honor in the wedding. Uh, man, I don't know where to go with this. Cause we didn't even, I mentioned it briefly. There's also the, the concept of the necklace, the necklace that, that, uh, that hurricane pulls out of the shark rinses off and puts around, uh, puts around little Jessica's neck. Um, well, as it turns out, uh, that's when we get to the other villains of the piece. Yeah, so we uh, well at least I had met them in a prior scene. That doesn't matter. They they somehow uh, oh because there there is a for whatever reason there's a newspaper article on the necklace that Jessica is wearing. Yes, because why not? And they see it, and they they somehow know this this legend of this random necklace, and they they. I assume that, oh, that's the one. We have to get it from this little girl. That 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 is that is the plot. While we're smuggling all these weapons, these stinger missiles, <laughs> let's go ahead and steal steal a potentially worthless necklace from a nine-year-old. So I'm gonna pause you here because I'm gonna fast forward through the rest of this plot because I, I'm going what? to I'm going to do the episode as if the bikini shots are not in it. Okay. Oh, well, the, we'll be out of here in, in, a, in a tight a tight 10 minutes. Yeah, tight 10. Uh, so the necklace is, was made by a, uh, a convict in San Quentin prison uh, about a bunch of stuff that he stole and hid on a desert island. The necklace is a bunch of cubes that when you arrange the cubes in a certain way, it's a map. The bad guy, Kilmer, knows about this. He tries to steal the necklace from Jessica. The necklace, he does, he is not successful and the necklace shatters into all the pieces, but apparently they recover them off camera. It's fine. Uh, and they are then able to complete the map and they go off in thunder to the desert Island. But then Kilmer comes out and, uh, and, and Jessica, little Jessica, for whatever reason has drawn the map from memory and they steal that and kidnap her and uh, Kelly, the bartender. And they go off after, uh, RJ and brew hurricane and brew uh, to, uh, to, to, to get the treasure. I, I don't understand use of San Quentin because that is a, it is a Bayside prison in California. Tampa crime. It is, it, it is like across the Bay from golden gate from San Francisco, basically. So I know that like, I, I guess they, they assume that people just, just put two and two together because I don't even know. They do say it's, it's in Florida because the some the somewhere in Florida uh, line pops up on on the television. So I, I, I thought that was a weird thing because they made it sound like he was shipwrecked or whatever. And I'm sorry, but that that 
that treasure is not going to just float on from oh, no. from Sam the, Quinn. The, I know they found it in the shark, the, but the, the tra- this is a heist he had done before he got arrested for something else. Okay, 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 okay. Because they because the, they never found where he hid the stuff before. Gotcha, he, gotcha. He gotcha. got killed yeah. in prison. That just it was expositionally not necessary. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so things progress as you might guess. Um, I will say that alongside uh, Hurricane and Brew, um, Megan goes with them, and uh, proceeds to lose an article of clothing at every stop on the island they make. As you do. As you do. First, it's a hat. Then it's a scarf. Then it's uh, everything. Well, well, that and the and I, I have seen this show uh, be accused of blatant sexism which yeah, of course it was because is there, is there it a is. term more than blatant uh i don't know what's a if, step, if there's what's a step beyond blatant, blatant because yeah i mean they have her go to this treasure hunt basically in a bikini and I, th- I think she had she didn't have a safari shirt but she had on like some like shawl she had and she and, had, a, and a like a freaking v- hard hat she had a vest and a pith helmet like any good british explorer yeah uh, and that was it and of course she gets down to just the bikini over the course of the episode but then again so uh so do uh uh her so does hulk hogan I, I i feel like hulk hogan is probably the most underdressed person this entire episode Look, his- i mean you gotta he gets down he, to his wrestling skivvies. His, his wrestling skivvies are what he's wearing, except they're not red. They're they're black. And uh, anyway, so at the end of this, uh, this is where, oh, man. Of course, the, the bad guys come. They try to steal Thunder. Thunder electrocutes them. Which there's is a, fun. There's a whole thing. We do it's, find, it's a Batmobile move. We do under, to find out that the Thunder itself has a... And we, we have to understand, Thunder on above the surface of the water just looks like a speedboat. Just looks like a speedboat. Yes. That's all it looks like. It's, it's got a speedboat with a cover on it. But when you get inside, it is bigger than the room I am currently recording in. They are in basically the bridge of the Enterprise. There is a jet ski. That's in the back room is where the jet ski and the... Well, the fact that there's rooms in this thing, <laughs> and the, and the 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 helm room command center, which has a huge wide screen and four seats and, to sit. Oh, the best part is whenever they um, what would they say? Um, lay down fire or start a fire? It's uh, whatever phrase they use to speed up. Get, uh, but there's also get her ready to spew fire. Which That's I, the one. But but what's as funny as that is in the moment I thought that meant fire missiles at the bad guys. No, no that's that that's their, their phrase for turbo launching, like for just going super speed. But the best is to show you they're going super speed is not to show you the boat going fast. It's to show them basically leaning their chairs back, and it is hilarious. <laughs> With Hulk Hogan like doing the TV driving of the, he's got the little steering wheel and and his yeah. hands, and like, you guys can't because see it, me do this, but I'm doing like the, you know, when when it's just two fists going up and down. It's, it's such ridiculous. it's such hilarious pantomiming. I can't help but love it, and it's even worse when Chris Lemon is by himself and and <laughs> trying to do it. It's it's odd and. 
the what did they have a name? Trigger is the name of the jet ski for some reason. See, the jet ski didn't even come out in in what I watched. Oh, okay. So in in the Cuba section, uh, basically they they thunder goes in to draw fire, and then uh, Hurricane R.J. Spence circles around in the jet ski while while thunder is taking all the cu- the fire the cover fire, and it's. It's it's something. I mean, it's on YouTube. Just give it a look. See that first scene is is it's wild because it is it is Hulk Hogan infiltrating Cuba to to get these two people who somehow weren't already captured. It's it is wild. So, it is so, wild. So there's, there's there's two wild things I want to talk about, Miles, because we we talked briefly about it as as we got into this because this episode these two episodes start off wild and they end yeah. real wild so they let's do. talk about how they start off wild the thunder in paradise theme song now miles miles it's great it's great if i was to ask you okay if i was to pitch okay it's hulk hogan chris mm-hmm. lemon they're ex-navy mm-hmm. seals they have a boat that has rocket launchers and stealth mode, and it's super cool because uh, the Navy wouldn't let them build it, but they built it on their own. They're going to go on mercenary missions. Mm-hmm. What kind of theme song would you give them? Oh, something rocking, with guitars wailing. You know, uh, maybe not like a Metallica style thing, not that heavy, but like something like that. That just like it, it, it just kind of explodes in your face just like the explosions you see on the television screen okay okay that's good that's good that's a good uh, uh studio's coming down they have a couple of 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 uh of notes for you uh, oh good th- good they think that that may be a little too uh too intense they're they're what what if what if we got um jimmy buffett that's what <laughs> okay we can't afford jimmy buffett on this budget what if we got someone like but legally distinct jimmy buffett well, can he get, I don't know about Buffett. Can he get some of a little more soul? No, no, we can't. We can't afford oh, no. it. This is all oh, we've no. got. <laughs> well, let me, let me hear what you got. <laughs> <laughs> I should have pulled it, but I didn't, which is. Yeah. It's, the theme song is, is, is definitely wild. It's, it's one of those things that it's it's all all of the all of the music in the show, not just the theme song, but a lot of the background music is this like steel drum, Jimmy it's Buffett weird. style weird. It's 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 vacation music when you go to the Gulf Coast. It's it's, it's it is a, an odd choice, and I mean th- some of that stuff is probably just they didn't have to pay for a public domain. But the the theme song, while fun, you're. This adds to the confusion that a lot of people had where they were like, I don't know who this show is for. Because while the producers, you know, did hit it with Baywatch, they could just never really settle on a tone, a style, or a format for this show. And the pilot shows them playing with multiple things, trying to see which one they want to go with, and it never makes a choice. It never makes a choice to be a full-on action show or even be this buddy cop lethal weapon type deal or this weird, really weird romantic comedy uh, that involves, oh yeah, a fake sex tape. So, Miles, let's talk about how these episodes end. We introduced earlier Je- uh, Megan's uncle, uh, who is trying to take over the, the hotel because uh, uh, Megan is not married. 
Well, he has been trying to spend the whatever scenes he's in uh, trying to prove that the the marriage that happened a day ago, let's remember, uh, between uh, uh, old Spence and Megan is fake. He even is one of those guys that uh, if the at the wedding ceremony, if there's anyone who has a reason that these two people should not be. Oh, my gosh. Which, by the way, Miles, have you ever been to a wedding that that's been that question has been asked? No, and I, I, I hope with every fiber of my being, whenever that is asked, I am hoping someone stands up and is ready to throw down. Only, it has always been my dream to attend a wedding like that. I don't know that that is a thing that actually happens at weddings. I have never been to a wedding where that has happened. No, and I feel like that is the that that the only reason that phrase exists is to sow discord for televi for for recorded weddings. Yeah, well, because here's the thing. Even though he has a, a, he stands up and says, like, this wedding is a sham. You know, it just, it sounds like your great aunt Esther t- calling your, your bride to be a whore. Like, it's, everyone's kind of like, okay, so? Like, no one, no one cares. Yeah. No one cares at all. They still, they still get married. His, his uh his pro wrestling uh, uh entourage, entourage is like right yes. he's his, he's got uh, a best man and two groomsmen and the two groomsmen are both played by WWF uh, people uh, anyway yeah I mean I, I, this is a smart move honestly is if you have access to Hulk Hogan who had made a transition to acting and you need bad guys well gee. Good thing our star knows a whole slew of people who can play a bad guy of the week. I'm going to guess you mentioned Sting. I'm going to guess Sting is another member of their Navy SEAL squad. I, I, You know, I didn't look up to see who he plays. I know that his name is Hammerhead in the show, which awesome. But I really, I really hope that's true because, they, yeah, they said that he was supposed to be a regular in season two. And even when... Uh, Hogan wanted to repitch the show. Sting was involved, so I'm, I am, I do kind of want to see what happens when, yeah. when, when that. So, so anyway, uh, this is where um, I'm going to talk about some things outside of this episode and what the context of 20 years will do to a scene. This, 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 these two episodes end with, oh. A wedding night, you see flowers around and kind of hazy in this big bed, and clearly they're in the honeymoon suite of the hotel, and it's 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 Hurricane Spence, and oh, who walks in? But but Megan, and she's dressed in lingerie, and it's ooh la la, and they they get together and they start, you know, doing their thing, and the camera pans creepily up to the vent, and something <laughs> shiny behind the vent. And then it flashes out to uh, to Uncle Edward and the uh, well, we've, we were introduced to like a, a reporter guy. Tabloid reporter, yeah. And they're watching them in the bedroom on the on the <laughs> on the the camera as, as and it flashes back between them making comments and the two of them having an argument. And it's clear now that they're faking for the sake of the camera that they know is there. It's yeah, that whole bit is it's wild because at first I was like, yeah, this acting's awful. 
more awful than it had been. And I'm like, oh, they're pretending to act. This is even worse. Yeah. And that and yeah, the, the, it's just a super awkward sequence. And and I just I, can't believe that this is the video that got Gawker taken down. <laughs> oh man. That, that that by the way, the, the, watching this, I am just gobsmacked. My mouth open. That really? He's he's done this in real life too. <laughs> right. Well, and that's that. Yeah, that that whole thing is wild. I mean, the, the real life aspect, obviously. But not only is this last scene super creepy and super weird, but it's also like. The stipulation wasn't that she had to, I mean, as far as we knew, she had to be married. Who cares why? Like, and what what are you going to do if you say, oh, well, they're not really in love? Well, so what? They're still married. Yeah, he had he had reasons he could figure that out. Yeah, apparently so. But uh, (laughs) me, I was just like, I don't care. Um, I just, I can't believe that they knew that they were going to get, like, it's so weird. It's so weird. There's so many weird moments in the in this show. There, there's that awkward scene where Brew and RJ have this kind of fake fight where they're kind of wrestling. And, and then for some reason, Brew charges at him in the most obvious way. And Hogan just kind of steps aside and he dies off the dock. Not it's, in what I watched. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay. This 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 scene is they're talking about the bank repossessing the boat. And then they wanted, have this... Because we know that... Like, I know that... Because they talked about it, that the bank... That they're in debt to the bank. And part of the... We should also mention... Part of the reason that, that Spence uh, uh, marries uh, Megan is because she is going to pay off that bank debt as part of right. her half of this. Well, so, so she's so going to get to keep the hotel. He's going to get his debt paid off. That says to me that these extra scenes were added to the Thunder in Paradise movie slash pilot and not from another episode because you wouldn't have that scene where the bank is being brought up at all, the $90,000. Un- unless it was part of the story. Uh, but, but, and then it also bums me out because you miss some prime Hulk Hogan wrestling Brother. stuff. There's a bit where he takes up this basic, what's well, like a power line pole and uses it to whack like four Cuban soldiers. And we, we haven't talked about the gigantic dude that's a member of uh, Kilmer's crew. Yes, old Typhoon himself. Um, he was part of the natural disasters in WWF. He went by several other names. Uh, a gargantuan person, uh, because uh, my girlfriend was wondering if that was under the giant just because on his sheer size. And he is about that size. Yeah, he's he, massive. He is uh, Jorge Gonzalez. Um, he was actually a basketball player for the Atlanta Hawks, uh, but he quit after a knee injury and went on to be a pro wrestler. And he manhandles Hogan like a child. Like he, he's so big. He makes Hogan look like a weakling. Yeah. This guy is big and good on them for getting a, a physical person who looks, I mean, cause yeah, Hulk Hogan's Hulk Hogan, but he's still a, he cuts a, a a physical imposing presence in an action film, but getting someone that big 
is and and Hogan never actually physically beats him in a fight. No. Like he tricks him at one point, but like the entire time like that. And I like I like I do like that that Hogan isn't some unbeatable like mega hero. You know, he's he's, beaten, he's just a dude. He's super strong, but he's just a dude. He's beaten in multiple fights. And he yeah, can, it's he can it, then break metal chains underwater. But yeah, well, the weird thing is for a Navy SEAL, he doesn't really seem to know how to fight. <laughs> he does the the Captain Kirk two hands clasped body blow that seems to to put a hurtin on El Mortador. But uh... yeah, and. Um, and we haven't talked a lot about Bruce slash Chris Lemon, who also has weird vibes. I I, I enjoyed him. Uh, he, he was fun. But everything with the bartender, uh, was it Kelly LaRue, is that her name? Yeah. Is super weird and super creepy. Yeah. In, in a modern context. <laughs> it's all like. Uh, so. So yeah, let, let's 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 kind of um, you know we've gone through this kind of plot for what there is, but let's 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 talk Turkey. What did you think about Thunder and Paradise? Let's 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 get to that. It is because this show is wild. It's wild, but it's 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 got a little bit of charm that I was not expecting it to have. Like you can tell that that yes. you can tell that Hulk Hogan cannot act. And that he is doing the same basic character and everything like the mugs, almost mugs to the camera when there's like when Megan says something that is completely reasonable about the situation. And he's like, women, huh? Women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like the, he even says that at one point in the in the show. Yeah. No, I, I agree. There, There is something in here. Again, this is one of those situations where you get something that's kind of so bad it's good. But people have things like the room have, I think, ruined so bad it's good. Because this is not the worst thing you're ever going to see. At all. No. It, it, it's, 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 it's outside of just being kind of a mess, it's standard fare. But because you have some aspects, because there's too many, too many idea cooks in the, in the kitchen that is Thunder in Paradise, plus creators of Baywatch, plus Hulk Hogan, plus syndicated television show you've got this really special soup cooking and it is objectively not a good show it's not like last week a week where i was like no this is a cool show it's dated but there's some fun stuff here this is a show that i enjoyed watching but i enjoyed watching it because it felt like a silly spectacle of how did this get made Miles, I only have one thing to say to cap that off, because I'm not so sure this is a soup. But I do think it's a brother. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> it, but, Miles, but, but it, what are we going to do next week? <laughs> uh, Drew has given me the signal that he no longer wants to talk Thunder in Paradise. <laughs> Um, and, and that's the thing is, look, if the, you want to hear us I think, talk I think, more I, about I, Thunder in Paradise, then lock in your vote at the end of this month. That is, well, that the, is what I will problem, say. I, I will say, I think the problem with this show is there isn't a whole lot to talk about outside of look how silly this is. Yeah. And that for, for those who want to watch later or those who are watching at home, that is the real draw of Thunder in Paradise is 
it's an oddity. It's super fun to kind of check out, but you're not going to take a whole lot away from it. And I'm worried that if we covered that show, is it going to be exactly the same story every episode? And it's just going to be like, oh, this was the bad guy this week. And they did exactly the same thing. Yeah, I'm also worried it'll be like what novelty, what wrestler is going to pop up or what guest star of the time. And because I know they also shared some cast members or guest cast members with uh, the Baywatch crew. Uh, The guy who played Kilmer, the, the lead bad guy, was also in two or three episodes of Baywatch. So it was also Flash Gordon, 1980s Flash. Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention that. It's Flash freaking Gordon. <laughs> um, so that yeah, that that is my inherent problem with possibly continuing to to do this show is I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we would frame it away in a way that you know we do multiple episodes, but I feel like after two episodes of of the more you nerd, it would be kind of done. Whereas if we did Forever Night when there's an ongoing story. So, so, so this I, is the question like, I, before I feel like it, if, if this show would be a great live watch along as yes. we watch it together and comment on it, but yes. that con the, the, the capacity to do that because of the way that this show isn't available as easily, I don't know would ever work. Oh, if you mean if we could legally do it. Yeah, probably not. Um, what we could do is film some commentary track. Um, and release it at some point in time, like we do with our Batman 66 watch along. That's true. But yes, before we move on to next week, which I am very excited about, would you, and I, we, because we've just been talking about that, would you cancel or renew? I believe that I would cancel. I think that this is, I think this, this, this trick, it's a one trick pony. This trick was fun. But it's uh, a one-trick pony, as is, I believe the. I, I, I honestly, I, I agree with you. I, I went in kind of expecting to be the person to be like, "No, we got, we got to watch this." And my commentary aside, it's a fun watch. Like, if I had to watch the rest of these, I would probably still have a very good time. Sure. And this, this is the kind of show that we were talking about because I could see myself, you know, either up late or bored after school. This comes on and I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this. It's entertaining enough. It's stupid. It's it's a good time. And I'm I'm hoping we will get a little bit more from that from next week when we do Tech War. Tech War, the 1994 in, in into 95 uh, TV series. Created by William Shatner, starring Greg Evigan as Jake Cardigan as Here We Go Again. It's a sci-fi detective story about a guy uh, (laughs) solving crimes with tech crimes, tech crimes. Uh, he's, and, he's he's solving hashtag Tampa crimes, but in a future where the Tampa crimes are a about a drug called tech, which is some sort of cyber drug. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to 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 tackling that. Now, I will say this this show starts off as every show so far this this month has in that uh it was a movie first, a television movie. Now 
And, and what's so funny is the first one is called Tech War or Tech War the Movie because it was a series of novels first. So for next week, we are going to be watching the first Tech War the Movie. And we will go into a little bit of the show's history uh, after its its TV movies. So because it technically had two seasons, although it's kind of unfair to say that. <laughs> I I know I remember seeing these novels in Barnes and Noble and in other bookstores when I was younger. I I remember seeing commercials for this show. I have never seen an episode of this show, and so outside of what Drew has mentioned, uh, all I know is that. William Shatner had something to do with it. I watched this show. I remember three things about it. I remember okay. that Greg Evigan uh, is the other, the, the less famous dad of my two dads. I remember that William Shatner not only created the show, but is also plays a character in the show uh, as it's kind of a, a stunt casting thing, because of course he does. And mm-hmm. I remember that because the show came out in 1994, they were using super fancy, like, computery stuff, but they were doing it all on computers that looked like they're from 1991. Love it. I'm, I'm looking at the title card, and oh boy, I, I cannot wait to see how this one turns out. You like giant floating Shatner heads? Cause you're getting some giant floating Shatner heads on that title card. I'm okay. That's that. That will be something I'm, I'm excited. I have, I've, I have really had a good time with doing these syndicated shows so far. And I'm looking forward to, to diving this one. Cause this, this is what I have. I have no knowledge of forever night. I had not seen, but I knew about thunder in paradise. I had it actually seen just forgotten about tech war it was always in my peripheral i have never really checked it out and i'm i'm sure i probably even saw an episode at some point it just left my memory so i am i am stoked to get into this one um so if if you want to watch along with us just the first tech war movie is what we're doing next week drew if people want to like send us what they thought about thunder in paradise or forever night or what syndicated shows they would love to see being tackled at some point in time where can they reach us? You can find us at themoreyounerd.com. You can reach out to us at themoreyounerd on Twitter, at themoreyounerd. And of course, you can email us, themoreyounerd at gmail.com. That's themoreyounerd at gmail.com. So until next time, we are going to end this show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd out, brother. Brother.